Hello, welcome back to Midnight Lit Talks, where we analyze a wide range of literature. I'm your host, Josie, and we're going to be talking about The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot. In today's episode, however, we're only going to be covering part one, The Burial of the Dead. So let's get right into it. Starting off with the first few lines, April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. So what does this mean by April is the cruelest month? Well, outside of the wasteland, April represents renewal. It's when the snow melts, the flowers start to grow again, and things are reborn. April is when we can have hope. In the wasteland, however, nothing can be crueler than hope since it normally only leads to disappointment. In the wasteland, hope hurts, and April hurts most because it's mocking us with the possibility that can never be realized. By stating that April is the cruelest month, Elliot also alludes to Geoffrey Chaucer's poem, The Canterbury Tales. Elliot essentially takes Chaucer's introductory line from the prologue, where April is seen as an optimistic month, and turns it on its head. Just as Chaucer's line sets the tone for The Canterbury Tales, Elliot's dark words about April tell us that this poem is going to be a dark poem. Alright, moving forward quite a few lines, we get introduced to Madame Sesostris. Madame Sesostris is a gypsy who tells fortunes at a fair. It is said that she had had a bad cold, which is quite ironic because she doesn't actually know much about fortune telling. Because although she was reading the fortune of the protagonist, she doesn't actually know the real future of the protagonist. So it can be said that her bad cold is actually blocking her ability to see into the future. Nonetheless, Madame Sesostris presents the following tarot cards. The Drowned Phoenician Sailor, which is not an actual tarot card that is seen in a tarot card deck. However, the allusion to the Drowned Sailor references death and foreshadows the plebas who drown later on in the poem. The next card she presents is the Belladonna, the Lady of the Rocks which is not an actual tarot card as well. However, it represents rebirth and purification, which in the wasteland, in order to survive, there needs to be rebirth and purification. The man with the three staves is the next card, and the meaning behind it is that it could represent a journey. Again, this reference points to the fact that Elliot wishes that the wasteland be changed through a journey in finding spiritual newness. The wheel is the following card, which represents the idea that the wastelands exist in a constant circle or cycle. The one-eyed merchant is the card that follows, which is also not an actual tarot card as well. The blink card follows after the one-eyed merchant. It can represent many things. Being blink could represent being non-existent, so if the wastelands fail to change, the wastelands will fail to exist. In all, the blank card is not a good sign. Lastly, we have the hangman, which could represent the inability to do anything or the inability to change anything about the wastelands. Since the man is hung, he can't really move from this position, which would explain that. Instead, he must stay where he's at and watch. Moving past Madame Sesostro's tarot cards, we get introduced to the Unreal City. Now, what is Elliot referring to when he says the Unreal City? At the beginning of this stanza, Elliot writes about the London Bridge, which would suggest that the Unreal City is London. 
Elliot describes London as a city under the brown fog of winter dawn, and he states that there is a crowd of people heading towards the financial district. Now, why is this significant? Well, the crowd heading over there is significant because it shows how many people in London struggled financially post-war. Many of the people who were heading there were also not truly living. It is as they were half dead, zombies even. It is clear in the following line, and each man fixed his eyes before his feet. So they would just walk on mindlessly to work and not, were not really paying attention. In all, it ties back to the many hardships that were experienced after the war. Tying back to the war theme we see that is very prominent throughout the poem. Alright, so closing up, it is clear that throughout section 1, The Burial of the Dead, there is multiple narrative voices. There seems to be at least four, all of which tell different stories, like the first voice, which is of an aristocratic woman who recalls a study experience, but all of these stories are connected seeing as they all tell their experiences after the war. They show how the wastelands are all being impacted because of the war. These multiple narratives also create a story that has broken connections. It creates chaos that reflects the impact of the war. Seeing as that it's clear that the poem takes place in the aftermath of the war. Alright then that is all we have time for this episode. Join me next time as I go over part 2, A Game of Chess.